0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui here with you from Upper Hand Fantasy. You can go follow me on Instagram. You can go check me out there. Today, I'm going to go over the rest of the matchups. Going to go over uh, eight matchups today. I went over the, the first seven matchups yesterday uh in yesterday's episode so you can go check that out that's from thursday today is friday um by the way i just want everyone to know i hope everyone has a great weekend this weekend i hope you guys enjoy the game spend time with your family do all that stuff thanksgiving's coming up it's that time of year i'm feeling good i'm feeling good um hope everyone's doing well Um, Now, before I get started, I I, want to mention my partner, uh, Underdog Fantasy, you know, they honestly make Thursday nights more fun, Sundays more fun, Monday nights more fun watching these games because, you know, I have more rooting interest than just my fantasy team Um, and me kind of, you know, studying fantasy and knowing about the matchups and all that as a lot of you guys do as well, you know, definitely gives uh, me the upper hand in these over-unders that they offer, right? They have a list of players with an associated stat line and then you just choose you know, whether you think they're going to go over or under, and then you stack a few of these picks together for a chance to, to, to win some money and to multiply your money. So if you stack two of these picks, you 3 extra your money. You stack three picks, you 6X. You stack four picks, you 10X. And if you stack five picks, you 20X your money. That's an awesome format. And that's just in addition to their weekly drafts that you can do as well with your friends or with other people for money. Um, So, yeah, you can draft players for one week and compete there, too. So that's fun. Um, Obviously, matchups play, you know, a huge role in in that as well. So check out their app. Um, They have a special promotion going on right now. If you make your first deposit using the code UPPERHAND, you'll get a 100% match on your deposit into your account. So you'll have double the money to potentially multiply in these contests. So if you deposit 50 bucks, you'll get an extra 50 bucks. And if your first deposit is 100 bucks, you'll get an extra 100 bucks. So, take advantage of this promotion while it lasts because their old promotion was an extra ten dollars no matter what you deposited. Listen, that's a good promotion too, but this promotion that they have right now you can't really beat it. So, download their app, use code Upperhand. Do you guys hear the lawnmower? There it goes. There it goes. Maybe I should invest in a uh, soundproof room. I think I think we'll do that for twenty twenty two. What do you guys think? <laughs> All right, let's get into the next matchup. Uh, by the way, remember uh the previous seven matchups uh were in the were, were in yesterday's episode including include the Thursday night night game by, by the way. And real quick, Mike Davis I think you could drop his ass at this point. Cordwell Patterson's out. Mike Davis only gets like three carries. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Um so, you know, Equaji Olison was getting a bunch of work, so so we'll talk about that, we'll look more into that game, and you know maybe Olsen will be on the waiver wire article, we'll see, but this backfield is looking like a little bit of a shit show, um, but yeah, anyway, and this offense too, um, but anyway, uh, Saints at the Eagles, um, the Eagles are favored by one and a half points, this is a 43 and a half over under, uh, Alvin Kamara didn't practice on Thursday after getting in a limited session on Wednesday, uh, that's not great keep up to date through my Instagram stories at Fantasy. You know, I'll be giving updates on all the injuries throughout the weekend, starting on Friday. Um, If he's out, Mark Ingram will will obviously be a pretty good start in his place, probably a high-end RB2. Ty Montgomery got hurt as well, Um, so Ingram is the guy if Kamara misses time. Um, Now, Tony Jones was activated off the IR, okay? So no word on whether he's going to be active for this game, but just keep that in mind, okay? Um, he can potentially eat into this workload. Mark Ingram was on the field for 85 percent of snaps last week, uh, so he's like he was he was like resurrected from Houston into like an every down role with Kamara out last week. Um, I think if Kamara plays, he'll be in your lineup as an RB one. But if Tony Jones is active, I, I would assume that Tony Jones is going to get some work. Um, Assuming that, you know, he's good to go and he's able to practice and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be hard to tell because Tony Jones wouldn't be on the practice report um, since he's, you know, he's not activated yet. Right. So he he doesn't appear in the practice report, regardless of how much work he does. OK. Traquan Smith ran the most routes of any Saints wide receiver last week. He had a 22 percent target share as well. He's some he's someone interesting to look at in deep leagues. Tough matchup for these wide receivers against the Eagles secondary this week, though um so you know i might stay away but someone to keep an eye out on uh adam Traubman has been getting some solid target share over the last two games he's a deep ppr streamer good matchup too miles sanders has been activated from ir as well but we don't know if he plays this week it's a tough matchup but he is an upside flex play if he does suit up i'm very curious to know what his role is going to look like right if he gets anywhere near the role he had before You know, you consider, you know, what does seem like a change of philosophy at this point after a larger sample size in terms of them running the ball more, well, a lot more. uh, He'll be a very valuable fantasy asset. Um, But, you know, this is a tough matchup, but he can spring one loose at any point. Uh, It looks like Dallas Goddard will be able to make it back this week. He's progressing through the concussion protocol. He was back in practice on Thursday. So hopefully he's able to officially clear before Sunday. He would be a solid tight end one, assuming that he does play. Devontae Smith is coming off two monster games. Uh, He needed only six targets each of the last two weeks to get it done. Uh, This team is not passing the ball a ton, but those six targets are accounting for a ridiculous target share over the last two games. I'm fine starting him this week. Um, You know, A.J. Brown didn't get it done last week, but he was getting open at times. Ryan Tannehill just chose not to go his way for whatever reason on those particular plays. Uh, But the Saints are also you know, giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. That includes Marshawn Lattimore. So I would, I would, you know, list Smith as like a high-end wide receiver, three play this week, maybe a low-end wide receiver too. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't have the upside he had before the Eagles turned into a run-heavy team. Um, he's still a QB one, but I won't be ranking him as a top five or top six QB anymore, or at least until the Eagles start passing the ball more. He's still, you know... He's still running the ball, right? But he's not passing the ball anywhere near enough at the moment. Like, if he's only throwing the ball, like, you know, 150 yards a game, like, you can't, you know, there's not that much upside there, right? Um, You would need to be crazy efficient in terms of throwing touchdowns, scoring touchdowns. Um, But, you know, it's crazy how they went, this Eagles team went from one extreme to the other. Okay, Uh, Texans at Titans. Uh, Titans are favored by 10.5 points. This is a 45 over under. Uh, Brandon Cook should be the only guy you start on the Texans. He's a wide receiver, too. The Titans are giving up fantasy points. They're bottom 10 against perimeter wide receivers, and they're giving up the second-most fantasy points over the last eight weeks overall, um, the sixth most over the last four weeks. So he should be in lineups. 32% target share, almost 50% of air yards last week. That's what you want to see. A.J. Brown should have a bounce-back game. In this one, you know, he was at about at above thirty percent target share, like four games in a row. He dropped it below twenty percent this past week, uh, but we should see it bounce back up. The Texans are giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Uh, people are getting a little panicky over AJ Brown. It's like you know, you see what his ceiling is. You know, you embrace the volatility, embrace the fact that you know this team is going to have to pass the ball more, and just enjoy the benefits of having AJ Brown on your team. He'll win you weeks. If this team is going to pass the ball, uh, Marcus Johnson can be a deep flex play for you. Um, you know, Will they need to throw it that much against the Texans? Maybe not. But desperate times, Julio Jones is out. They don't really have much of a running game at the moment. We'll see. Uh, Jeremy McNichols is in the concussion protocol. Didn't practice at, in any capacity on Thursday. If he can't go, Deontay Foreman and Adrian Peterson get, get bumps. Uh, But I think Foreman has a shot at taking control of this backfield, at least on early downs, you know, maybe not completely, but he's looked a lot better than Peterson, you know, has in these last two weeks. So, you know, I'd categorize Foreman as a flex play and I want to avoid playing Peterson. Foreman did get an attempt inside the five yard line last week, so that's encouraging. Uh, Peterson did not. I wonder who the passing down back will be if McNichols misses time. Uh, but if McNichols does play, you know, I, I'd probably be avoiding this backfield until Foreman, you know, takes a larger control of that early down work and gets like a larger share um, of of the rushing pie. Uh, Ryan Ryan Tannehill is a borderline QB one this week as well. Um, Okay, moving on to the Packers at the Vikings. Uh, uh, The Packers are favored by two and a half points. This is a 49-point over-under. A.J. Dillon is an RB1 start in the absence of Aaron Jones. This is a good matchup, too. He needs to be in lineups. Uh, Devonta Adams is obviously in your lineup. Good matchup for him as well. Aaron Rodgers, solid QB1 this week. He didn't end up throwing any touchdowns last week, but he almost threw for 300 yards. Those touchdowns will come. Uh, Dalvin Cook is in, I might as well, like, this game's easy, like, all I gotta do is say, start your studs, and, and you should be good to go, but Dalvin Cook is in as a solid RB1 as well, a uh, bit of a tough matchup, but he's in your lineup, Justin Jefferson is also in your lineup as a wide receiver one, um, Adam Thielen is in as a low-end wide receiver two, he's been getting it done, uh, the matchups for the wide receivers are okay, the left, peri- for, for the Vikings, that is, um, the left perimeter has been vulnerable, but the right perimeter has been solid against wide receivers, but these guys move around a ton, both Jefferson and Thielen, so so I, I'd start both. Uh, Tyler Conklin is a streamer every week. I guess we should call him a low-end tight end one at this point. The good thing is that Conklin's route participation went up last week uh, to nearly 80%, and if that stays there, uh, he'd be much more valuable down the stretch. Uh, this is a good matchup for him. The Packers have had some trouble against tight ends this year um Kirk Cousins can be streamed, you know, really because of the matchup, the potential shootout, really. Uh he's a low on QB1. The Packers defense has been playing, you know, a lot better. Uh, but, you know, these are guys like especially, you know, Justin Jefferson, thielen you know, you, you still got to start him. Okay, moving on to the Bengals at the Raiders. This is an actual pick 'em. Vegas is calling this a pick 'em 48 and a half over under. I'm starting Joe Mixon as a low end RB1. Um, The Raiders are giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs, whether that that was just like these past four weeks or throughout the season. Uh, They're giving up more than 4.5 yards per carry as well. Um, They're giving up production to running backs through the past game too. Now, over the past four games, Mixon has had at least five targets in three of them. And for him, that's like an extra 10 PPR fantasy points right there because he turns it into more than 50 yards receiving. He's done that three times. Four or five catches for more than 50 yards. So, you know, that's what you want to see. You know, he's very efficient. Hopefully he continues. The only knock on Mixon is that he's truly not an every down back. Samaje P. Ryan has been coming in and taking the obvious pass and down snaps away from him. That does leave some opportunity on the table, but start him while you got him or trade him for a high-end RB1 in a package like a Najee or, or an Eckler or a Swift, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Jamar Chase's target share is what you want to see as well. Um, he had more than 30% of targets in the game before the bye. He's averaging more than 10 targets his last, you know, over his last three games. This is a slightly tough matchup though. You know, my guess is that he'll be shadowed by Casey Hayward, but overall the Raiders started out, you know, very hot against wide receivers. They defended them well, but they they have let up just a bit. Uh, giving up the 15th most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. So a bit of a neutral matchup if you just based on what they've been done we re- based on what they've been doing recently. Um I'd still play Chase as a wide receiver one. I still play T Higgins as a wide receiver two. Uh you're probably you know I think Higgins is a wide receiver two, you know, moving forward. And you're probably like, you know, why Uh, he's just not scoring, right? Like, over the last three games, he had a 15-target game, a 97-yard game, a 78-yard game. It's just a matter of time before Higgins starts scoring again, right? He has more red zone targets than Jamar Chase, okay? Uh, And and Higgins missing time, right? Tyler Boyd, you know, had one good fantasy performance over his last five games. Um, He's a boom-bust option, meaning he'll either have a good game and get a bunch of targets, or he won't. Right there doesn't seem to be any in between with him. It's a neutral matchup for him out of the slot this week, um, you know. But he's busting way more than he's booming. Joe Burrow is a low on QB one start this week. This game should be competitive, so that's a good thing for these QBs. I'm really sorry about this damn lawnmower outside. <laughs> it's killing me. He stopped for a moment. Let's see how long it lasts. Um, so Josh Jacobs only, you know, his his only hope of getting volume on the ground. Is if this game was close right he had a six carry game then a 13 carry game then a seven carry game over the last three the good thing is that he's been pretty involved in the past game this season remember how I told you Joe Mixon is turning five targets into like 50 yards consistently well you know Jacobs is turning five targets into 20 20 yards last week four carries into five yards 19 yards the week before so you know not similar talent here you know four carries into night and four targets into 19 yards the week before you know is not like amazing it's fine. But it's not amazing, right? At least he has a bit of a floor in PPR, you know, and you're hoping he scores a touchdown. So he's a mid to low end RB2 this week. Hunter Renfro is as consistent as they come, especially in PPR leagues. He doesn't have, you know, massive yardage games. He had less than 50 yards receiving um, each of the last two games, but he got it done for you. Nine targets, seven catches each of the last two weeks. That's a solid PPR wide receiver three right there. And then the cherry on top was a touchdown each of the last two weeks. So. PPR wide receiver three, I think, in every matchup. This matchup, you know, isn't one you need to stay away from. The Bengals are giving up the seventh most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. Uh, Darren Waller, you know, he's been disappointing, no doubt about it. The thing is, he's getting, like, the exact usage that is indicative of high-end production at the tight end position. He's running around on, like, 90% of dropbacks. He has a high target share. It's what you want to see. You know, I'm just going to continue to start him as a tight end one, and, you know, those boom weeks are coming. All right, Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, Kyler Murray is practicing. You know, the bye week is next week. I'm not sure they're really considering, you know, going into the bye without him if he's good enough to go just because, you know, they got embarrassed last week. I can't imagine that they just, just you know, would be cool going into the bye with another loss, right? So I, I think he might play this week, but we'll see. Um, you know, he is practicing. That's a good thing. You know, obviously, you would upgrade the entire offense, um, you know, if he's out there. DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, it probably makes sense for him to go into the bye uh, without playing to heal that hamstring injury, you know, soft tissue injury. Let that heal, come back 100 for the stretch run into the playoffs. Um, you know, we'll see if he goes, but I doubt it. Uh, Christian Kirk would continue to be an upgrade without Hopkins. Um, you know, I, I think he would get an even bigger upgrade with Murray back because he's been doing his thing over the last couple weeks without Murray, too. So Kirk would be a solid wide receiver three if Hopkins misses this week and Kyler plays, and he'll be like a low-end PPR wide receiver three if Kyler does play. The Seahawks have given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks, so this would be a good matchup for Kirk. He stayed in the slot last week, even with Hopkins out. AJ Green would be a solid flex play if Kyler is back. Otherwise, I'd be avoiding him. The Seahawks have defended perimeter wide receivers very well this season, giving up the fourth least fantasy points to them over the course of the season. They've gotten a lot better there. Um, You know, they've done the same over the last eight weeks, and they got even stingier over the last four. James Conner is a RB1 play with or without Kyler Murray. You know, with Murray, he's a must start. You know, over the last four weeks, the Seahawks have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs. They're solid rushing defense, though, like in terms of allowing yards. But if their offense can't get going, teams have just pounded the rock against them. We saw that with Green Bay last week, Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, you know, all in the last four games, right? So they're very, very vulnerable, giving up receptions to running backs as well. Conner can have a big game through the air. They're allowing the second most receiving yards to running backs over their last four games and the most over the course of the season. So, yeah, start him. He was a bell cow last week, played about 85% of snaps. He should be in lineups. Chris Carson's still on IR. There are zero positive vibes around him coming off anytime soon. Uh, but Alice Collins, you know, also didn't practice on Thursday because of a groin injury. No word how serious that is. Uh, if Collins plays, I'm avoiding this backfield. If Collins. You know, Collins is the primary rusher when he plays. You know, you're really just praying for a touchdown. If the game stays close, then yeah, maybe he can get some volume. But, you know, if Kyle, so now if Callum Murray doesn't play, I think Collins would get an upgrade because you have a chance at a favorable game script, right? Because if Collar goes up in this game, then, you know, Collins wouldn't be on the field that much. But otherwise, I might avoid him you know rank him as like a touchdown dependent flex option at running back if collins is out i think travis homer would be upgraded to a flex play mostly because of you know attrition right he was on the field for 50 percent of snaps last week you know he was the only other running back to see the field besides collins and he's the guy who will be involved in the pass game so this is all you know all if you're desperate at the position obviously you know or for your flex now despite the you know the passing offense's terrible outing last week you know the seahawks DK Metcalf, D.K. Metcalf. DK Metcalf is still a, a high end wide receiver two start. Tyler Lockett is still a boom bust wide receiver two start. You know, both of these guys will be in my lineup. Both of these guys went over 20% target share last week. Arizona secondary is relatively tough, but Metcalf in particular has a great matchup on the left side against Marco Wilson. They've given up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks on that side. Uh, Lockett has a bit of a tough matchup on most of his perimeter routes, but it's Tyler Lockett, he can win against anyone. So, you know, he runs a lot of his routes from the slot as well. I- I'm embracing the volatil- volatility, with Lockett, you know, keep him in your lineup. Keep in mind that his last several games since the halfway point of week five were with Geno Smith. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if Gerald Everett plays, uh, you can start him as a low end tight end one, as long as he's running as many routes as he is. He ran almost 80% of routes, two games in a row, and Russ hooked him up, um, you know, with almost, you know, more than 20% of targets last week, and he caught all of them. So he should be on your radar if you're looking for a tight end. Cardinals have been one of the best teams to defend tight ends, so, so you know, temper expectations, you know. Uh, also, Everett didn't practice on Thursday, so keep an eye out on his status for Friday. Um, I'll, up, I'll update that via my Instagram stories, at Fantasy on Instagram, just keep that in mind. Um, Cowboys at the Chiefs, this is going to be a good game. <laughs> the, the Chiefs are favored by two and a half points, um, 53 and a half over, under. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys in this one personally, by the way. Um, I'm starting Dak as a solid QB1, starting Mahomes as a solid QB1. The Cowboys' offense is going to be dangerous now. Um, you know, I think Michael Gallup's return is understated, underrated, all that. The Cowboys have three legitimate wide receivers who can take it to the house at any point. And CeeDee Lamb gets to play in the slot, so he gets an upgrade in terms of matchup every single week. So, And especially this week, because the Chiefs have given up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. Amari Cooper, you know, finally practicing in full as of Thursday. He's a wide receiver too this week. You kind of have to play all your players in this game. You know, there could be fireworks. There might be a lot of scoring. You just kind of got to do it, right? It's a solid matchup too. Michael Gallup gets an upgrade because of the, of the matchup and the potential you know, for scoring in this game again. He's a high-end flex option for now until we start to see more production. I think wide receiver's three status can come at some point. Start Zeke as an RB1. He got a full practice in as well. Tony Pollard might not be involved as involved this week because Zeke, you know, A, probably isn't as banged up as he was going into last week's game, and, and B, this likely won't be a blowout like it was last week. Dalton Schultz is likely going to suffer with Michael Gallup back, but maybe in this type of matchup you want to have him in your lineup. He's a low-end tight end one. Um, and if he can't come through this week, you gotta have to we probably have to find another tight end going forward. It doesn't look like Cal Clatterwood's Hilaire is going to be back. There is a chance, but Andy Reid also said that they're considering waiting another week because they have the bye in Week 12. So you can likely use Darrell Williams once again. He'll be a high in RB2 play based on how much they've used him in the past game over the past couple of weeks. Nine catches on nine targets last week for 100 yards, balling. Call all six balls thrown his way in Week 8 against the Giants for 61 yards. Uh, now this week it is a tough matchup. The Cowboys have clamped down on running backs in the past game, especially over the last four weeks. So temporary expectations, but he'll be in my lineup. Tyreek Hill, in your lineup. Travis Kelsey, in your lineup. Okay, Steelers at the Chargers. Uh, I think this is the Sunday night game. Um, You're starting, so Chargers are favored by four points, 47 point over under. You're starting Najee Harris as a high-end RB1. This is a good matchup on the ground for him. I I mention it every week in the Chargers, that the Chargers are a run-final defense. That's how offenses attack them. Uh, Deontay Johnson in your lineup, if Ben Roethlisberger plays, you know, we probably won't know his status until Saturday, you know, so we'll see, you know, if we can get, you know, those two negative COVID tests by then, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, to be honest, like if Roethlisberger's is out, this is an extremely tough matchup for this past game and, and Deontay, you know, can win against anyone, but if Mason Rudolph is throwing him the ball in this matchup, I, I might think twice. So I'm not going to lie, if I have a legit good option, I might think about it. Now, if Ben plays, obviously Deontay Johnson's in. Uh, Fryermuth is a streamer option for you at tight end if Ben plays. Decent matchup, too. You know, we'll see if Ebron eats more into the snap share in his second game back. Hopefully not, but we'll be monitoring monitoring that. Uh, Justin Herbert, he's a boom-bust start. You know, he either sucks for fantasy or he absolutely kills it. Uh, he's a low-end QB1 for me in this matchup. Keep starting, keep starting Keenan Allen, though. He's killing it. He's a low-end wide receiver one right now. The targets might funnel his way... You know, this week as well, because the Steelers have been the most vulnerable in the slot. They're giving up the six most fantasy points of slot wide receivers this year. Uh, They've gotten better lately, but they're still vulnerable there compared to the perimeter where they've gotten a lot better. And and Mike Williams, like, I I don't know how you can start him right now and have any sort of confidence. You know, he's going to pop off one of these weeks, but he's really hard to trust even as a start. Um, You know, he's not getting targets either. That's the real issue over the last four weeks. Five targets, five targets, five targets, six targets. That they ain't gonna do it for me, right? If I have another option, I'm sitting his ass. You're starting Austin Eckler despite the tough matchup. He hasn't done a whole lot in the past game over the past two games, but hopefully that will come this week. He's a high in RB1 for me. Uh, moving forward, Giants at the Bucks on Monday night. The Bucks are favored by 11 and a half points, 50 point over under. Uh, Sterling Shepard isn't practicing as of Thursday, but their game is on Monday night, so they're one day behind in terms of like which practices matter. We'll see if he gets into practice on Friday or Saturday. If Shepard doesn't go, I'd consider Kadarius Toney as like an upside flex option. If he runs out of the slot, like I'd expect him to, though, you know, as he did in week nine without Shepard, he'll have a relatively tough matchup. The Bucks are one of the better teams, believe it or not, in defending the slot in defend the slot and slot wide receivers. They're, they've given up the third least fantasy points over the last eight weeks and the seventh least over the last four to slot wide receivers. Now, Kenny Galladay might play a full complement of routes on the outside, and if he does, honestly, he'll probably be an upside flex play as well, uh, but with a good matchup. He splits, uh, you know, between the right side and the left side on the perimeter pretty evenly for the most part. Um, you know, I'm using that that one game before the bye as the sample. Um, you know, the Bucks are a bit vulnerable to perimeter wide receivers. They've gotten better, uh, but that left side in particular hasn't been good. Uh, Sean Murphy Bun- Bunting might be back this week. That would upgrade their secondary a bit, but but we'll see uh, if he if he's back. Um, Saquon Barkley is back in practice. He got a limited session in on Thursday and, and with their game being on Monday night, that's a pretty good sign for me that he'll be back. He should be in lineups as a RB one, despite the tough matchup. He should be involved in the past game enough for him to be productive. Um, and they did rest him a lot, probably over rested him to be safe. So I think he'll be fine. Uh, Tom Brady had an off game last week. You know, he should be back this week against the Giants. Solid matchup for him. Uh, the Giants have played the perimeter, Pretty well lately. Um, they've given up the fourth least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Um, but still, I'm starting Mike Evans. You know, even though he'll likely be shadowed by James Bradbury, definitely tempering expectations. But Godwin, you know, will be in my lineup as a wide receiver too. I do think this is going to be a Chris Godwin game, though. Dory Jackson doesn't move inside. You know, Evans locked up with Bradbury, and the Giants have given up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks and over the past eight weeks. So I'm in on Godwin this week. Leonard Fournette, you know, heavily involved in the past game. He should be in lineups as a high-end RB2. He's pretty much a workhorse for them. The Giants are giving up the fourth-most fantasy points to running backs, uh, the seventh-most receptions allowed to running backs over the last four weeks, so Fournette should have a good game in this one. Uh, looks like Gronk will be back this week. He had a full practice on Thursday when his game is on a Monday. That's a great sign right there. So I'd start him as a low-end tight end one, but he has upside. Right, to, to, to be a top five any any given week as long as he's healthy. Uh, the Giants have been good against tight ends, so temper expectations. But honestly, though, it's really about you know whether Brady finds Gronk in the end zone, and he's definitely going to be looking for him this week. Uh, and it doesn't look like Antonio Brown will be playing this week. Okay, so that's all we got for this week. Enjoy the weekend. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games on Sunday. Uh, I'll be back and see you guys on Monday. Um, the waiver wire episode will be out Tuesday morning. Uh, so be sure to take a look out, to have a look out, to keep a look out, keep a look out for that. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to get into my weekend. Um, so, yeah, just make sure that you sign up with Underdog Fantasy. You know, if you're interested, uh, you know, take advantage of the offer that they're giving right now. 100% match bonus on your first deposit. Use code UPPERHAND. Uh, really, really, really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I hope this brings you guys some value. I hope it helps you. Um, and, yeah, take it easy, guys. I'll see you guys later. See ya.